Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A very good evening to you just after the hour of 6 o'clock and 91.3. I'm Khawa Salomon and welcome to our edition of uh, Questions and Answers with uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Wass. We have taken a bit of a short break. Uh, Voice of the Cape celebrating its 20 years in an existence. Alhamdulillah running for that long. It, it's definitely achievement. I'm Khawa Salomon and as I will be taking you through with my, with, uh, my guest uh, right up until 7 o'clock, please do SMS us your questions for D detailed answer on questions and answers on 47913. That's our SMS line, 47913. We are receiving uh, questions via fax, so if you wish, you may send it to on 021-4477-471. Like our Facebook page if you're listening to us across the lands and over the seas. That is The Voice of the Cape, and post your questions on there, and I'm sure Zarina will just update it and print it out for us so we can deal with it in this edition of uh, Q&A. Assalamualaikum. Welcome to you, Sheikh, and shukran once again for availing yourself. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And a hearty welcome and salams to all the listeners of the Voice of the Cape as well. So let's start with our questions because we've got quite a few to um, to do with regards to the backlog of the, the break that we had. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Is it necessary to wait till the khutbah uh, is finished on the radio on a Friday for Jummah, I guess, before you can make your du'ar salah? بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين There are basically two scenarios here that one can uh, speak about uh, The one is that a person who is not obliged to perform Jumu'ah uh, due to a temporary uh, impediment or a temporary problem such as in a person that is sick um, such a person will wait uh, for a while and not immediately make salat al dhuhr um, when the waqt of dhuhr is in uh, because he or she will wait uh, to such a time where they are sure they won't be able to make it to Jumu'ah because remember Jumu'ah is fard obviously upon a male person if he is well and he is not sick and is not on travel so if he is sick and he's got for example uh, in his mind the possibility that he may recover before the end of Jumu'ah, then for him it is necessary to delay the Dhuwar Salah uh, up until the time when he is sure he will not be able to make it for Jumu'ah. In that case, he then performs his Dhuwar Salah. Hmm. As for a person who naturally uh, does not go or it's not compulsory for them to go to Jumu'ah, and here the woman is, is included in this category, because we know it is not fart or compulsory for her to go, uh, although if she does go to Jumu'ah, then obviously that Jumu'ah will be accepted from her and she doesn't have to make Dhuwar in place of the Jumu'ah and so on. So if he, she does go, there's no problem. But if she does not go, then of course she, uh, she's, she's at liberty to do that because she, it's not compulsory for her. And in her case, um, it is not actually sunnah for her to wait. The best for her is to make a dhuwar salah the moment that the waqt of dhuwar is in. And so she does not have to wait for the radio or the close-by masjid to come out or anything like that. The moment the waqt of dhuwar has arrived, she makes a salat of dhuwar. And she does not necessarily have to wait. And of course, the, the, I think the, the question revolves around now that we have radios in our home, so we can actually hear when the Jumu'ah is finished. Obviously, before we didn't have radios, hmm. so people didn't have that particular um, liberty to know when the Jumu'ah is out or hmm. not, if they are not living close by where a masjid is. So there's no ruling regarding that, that you have to attach yourself to a Jumu'ah and hmm. stuff, especially if you are a person that uh, that you know that you know you don't go to Jumu'ah or uh, like a woman and 
and, and people that the Juma is not for, for them. For them, they make the salah at the time when the word comes in and not necessarily wait uh, until the khutbah or the masjid is out. Okay, shukran, Sheikh. Uh, the SMS line is open on 47913. Salam, great program. Uh, what can a person do, married for 25 years, don't have married problem, um, and he's not an outgoing person? We're also together, but I feel so insecure when he, and that's where the question stops. I don't know if uh, Sheikh is able to make sense of that, and um, I think if, if, if the person would like to just elaborate again, they may resend the questions, but any comments on that, Sheikh? Yeah, I think largely the question is uh, clear. Hmm. I think the last point, part is perhaps uh, that this person feels insecure when a husband goes out, if oh, he does okay. go out. Maybe he doesn't go out that much, but when hmm. he does go out, she feels a bit insecure. I, okay. I, I make out that could be a possible end to that question. Okay. Uh, but I think in this case, I mean, you started your question by saying that you, know, you don't have marital problems and everything is great and your husband is not an outgoing person and so on. I think those things that you've mentioned now uh, is, is something to be thankful for. I hmm. mean, alhamdulillah, you don't have issues. Uh, and very often, you know, it is actually uh, shaitan sometimes trying to put in your mind things that are maybe not there, you know, because now since there's nothing wrong, he's going to try to look for things that are wrong. And perhaps this is what I want to tell you, that the, the insecurity that you are feeling, especially if you know your husband, it's 20, been 25 years, you know he, you can trust him, you know that you know, if he goes out, it's, it, it, nothing will happen, that he's untoward and so on. You should remove the, the, the insecurity from your mind, because that is basically shaitan that is mm. whispering in, in your ears, you know, and we call it waswasa. Yeah. Waswasa is the whisperings of shaitan. And we know this is one of his duties. I mean, uh, there's, 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 in the Quran, Allah speaks about this in Surah Al-Baqarah, that one of the functions of shaitan which he is very pleased with is yufarriquuna bayna al-mar'i wa zawji he is someone he and his clan they will always try to uh, bring disputes and bring differences between a person and his spouse uh, especially if everything is nice and everything is is fine, mm. they will look for things in order to cause. So I think this is possibly what is happening here, uh, because you yourself say you've got no marital problems and you together most of the time with your husband, it's just those few times that he does go out that you feel a bit insecure. I think you should remove that insecurities from, from your mind and not entertain this kind of thought. And if it still persists uh, quite badly, then you seek refuge from shaitan. I think that is the best advice I can give. You say, A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim if those thoughts come into your mind. Mm. And recite the three quls. You know, the quls is there to, to help us with these kinds of situations. You know, especially, Qul a'udhu bi-rabbil falaq, for example. It speaks about, wa min sharri hasidin idha hasad, wa min sharri naffathati. And the naffathati refers to the shaitan that tries to blow, you know, and that mm. tries to cause, cause issues for you and, 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 and um, uh, unsuspected things that, that is not really there. So, so I think this is how you should deal with this. Uh, uh, take it as a sort of whispering of shaitan. Uh, seek Allah's refuge. Uh, recite the three calls. And also Ayatul Kursi is very good. You know, recite Ayatul Kursi and ask Allah Ta'ala to remove all these things from your mind. And Allah must keep you happy as you are and mm. keep your marriage intact the way that it is and remain a trust, uh, the trust that is there between you and your husband that that should grow and that should strengthen uh, for the next 25 years also, inshallah. Uh, and I'm sure uh, that will be the case uh, if Allah wants. I mean, all the best to that couple as well. Let's just take a short break and we'll come back with more of your questions on 47913. My radio station. Your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good evening to you. Shukran so much for everybody who's patiently awaiting their answer on this edition of Questions and Answers. With me is Sheikh Ibrahim West answering your questions on 47913. 
also via fax on 021-447-271. And for all those that would like to send it through our Facebook page, it's called The Voice of the Cape. So let's uh, continue with our SMS question, Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum. Married to a foreigner. His belief is should he die, his body goes over. Please advise. Uh, yeah, I think the yeah the question alludes to the fact that the person, if he dies, he wants to be buried amongst his own family or mm. his, his, his country of origin. Um, this is not necessarily something that uh, that should be made, you know made an issue about. Um, uh, generally speaking, a person should be buried where he dies, right? This is this is the best. Wherever a person dies, that is where he should be buried. Okay. There's actually a hadith like this where the Prophet sallallahu says, "Tudfanu al-ajsadu haythu tafidu al-arwah," that the bodies will be buried there where the souls have left the bodies at mm. that place where the souls have left the bodies and that's why we find people go on Hajj and Umrah and so on they are buried there they, mm. they are not brought back yeah. and so on and we also find uh, during the battle of Uhud for example when there were so many uh, of the companions martyred on the battlefield mm. uh, we find that they were all buried right there on the battle of Uhud on the grounds of Uhud they were not okay. actually transported to Jannatul Baqiyah mm. and this all shows that most scholars feel that this is a, a, a subtle instruction or a subtle indication that obviously uh, uh, people should be buried there where they die and not necessarily move from one place to another. Mm. Okay. Although uh, I wouldn't uh, take it as being uh, an act of haram as such because there are some scholars that say that look if a person is going to feel more comfortable to be buried amongst his own family, mm. amongst his own, it's not the issue that whereby we're going to say is wrong in asking that. But what is best, the best thing is just to be buried where you die. Mm. Okay. Because obviously the issue here is the longer you take the body decays and stuff like that. Those are all issues to be considered which will all impact on this. So mm. uh, uh, um, uh, if this person feels really, really strong about it, and it can be secured that he will be able to get to his family before b- the body go- decays and it won't be a long time and stuff like that, mm. then that is fine if, if he really wants that. Although, like I said, uh, if he wants to follow the better uh, option in terms of what Islam tells us to do, mm. the best is just to be buried there where you die. Because remember, no matter where you die, it's not where you die that's important. It's how you die mm. and what's in what state you die. You may die in a country where there's, for example, um, no one that you know. Hmm. You know, but the fact that you died on Islam and you died with a kalima to shahada, then inshallah you will be in a good position. Hmm. Whereas if you may die amongst your family, but you die in a bad way, where you weren't very conscious or you weren't a very good uh, practicing Muslim and stuff hmm. like that, then of course that's a problem. So we don't necessarily uh, worry about where we die, hmm. but what we are worried about is the state that we die in. Hmm. And so this is what we tell to to, to this person. Uh, don't, don't necessarily make an issue out of it. Um, it's fine if you die, and if all of us die we will be buried there where we are right uh, and that is actually what uh, the prophet وسلم, like i said himself did with the people that were killed on the battle of uhud mm. because i mean one can argue in that line that i mean uh, jannatul baqiyah which is in medina mm. is not very far from there mm. you know it's not like it's in another, in another country for example mm. and we know the status of jannatul baqiyah you know being the the highest uh, uh, burial ground in the world that has a special status but yet the prophet وسلم, did not transport them from where they were killed on the Battle of Uhud to Jannat al-Baqiyah. He buried them right there where they were. And this is an indication that this is the better thing to do, inshallah. Inshallah, Sheikh. Although we understand, um, you know, things that is transpired with through hadith and that with which we should better practice, often there is still that argument, but, you know, it's not a must for me to do this. And uh, would it be a lie? I know this is uh, not within the question, but it's, a, it's, it's with regards to it. What if people put it in their will? Um, about like where they want to die, should should one respect that? Yeah, if it is, if it's like I said, if it is viable, 
mm. and it's not going to be problematic in terms of the body decaying and taking a long time to be there. And then, of course, it's no problem to fulfill the wishes of the maid. Okay. Like I said, it's not an issue. Either way, it's not an issue. Mm. Okay. Just the best is not to go at length to do this kind of thing mm. because, oh. you know, you, you should just be satisfied with, uh, you know, uh, where Allah has decreed. And in fact, this is amazing. In the Quran, Allah Ta'ala actually speaks about this. That Allah Ta'ala says in uh, at the end <coughs> of Surah Al-Luqman in the 21st Jews, Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ بِأَيِّ أَرْضٍ تَمُوتٍ Allah says, a soul will not know where he will die. Right? We don't know where mm. Allah is going to take us away. And that is an indication that we may die in a place that we never expected, mm. right? Uh, and so that shows that uh, one, one should be satisfied with that. And mm. inshallah, like I said, if your state is a good one, mm. then you don't have to worry where you die as long as uh, you know, your, your ruh leaves your body while you are in a state of iman and belief in Allah, then that is uh, a priority and that is what we should more worry about. Shukran, Shaykh. Asalaamu Alaikum. My husband doesn't want me to sleep by my mother. Please give me advice, Shaykh. Um, yeah, we. I would like to ask first of all, what is the reason for you wanting sure. to sleep by your mother? Mm. If it is just a sleepover, a uh, weekend, or spending some time, holidays, then obviously we can understand the husband won't be too happy about that kind of arrangement. Mm. But on the other hand, if it is, for example, that your mother needs help, or she's old, or she's sickly, and mm. so on, and this is often what happens uh, when our parents become old, the family members all take turns to spend time there, mm. and so on. So in the first instance, obviously, you know, you should not uh, necessarily uh, uh, just want to sleep out, you know, even if it is by your mother's place, because your sort of uh, attachment should be with your husband and with your own family and so on. And sleepovers is not really something which, uh, which, 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 should, be, uh, which, be, which should become a habit, in other words, because it is uh, not good for you to sleep away from your husband and away from your family and stuff like mm. that, if there is no reason for it. But on the other hand, if there is a reason, then in this case, your husband should be more understanding. He should obviously allow you to do that and uh, uh, he should uh, not stand in your way uh, in order for you to sleep. Uh, at the house of your mother. But even so, even if you do it in the second circumstance, you must still be considerate towards your husband. Mm. Don't just do it without telling him, without asking him, or without consulting with him. Because I know often it's a very emotional thing, you know, because it's my mother mm. and obviously my father, and I need to look after them. And this is absolutely correct. Nobody can argue with you on that point. But remember, while that is uh, true, there's also a haq that is owed towards the husband. Mm. He also has his needs. And it's all about balance. Islam teaches us to have a balanced approach when it comes to these things. So it wouldn't be right for you just to pack your bags one morning and say, you know, you're sleeping by your mother because she's ill and not telling your, your husband or not informing him or not asking his permission to go. That wouldn't be a, a very good thing to do because you are sort of not then taking into consideration his position as your husband. So they should always be consulting in these matters. And as long as that happens, inshallah, uh, it will be... Um, in fact, there's one incident that, that comes to mind where a person... <coughs> Uh, actually uh, asked, you know, this woman came to the Prophet Sallallahu oh, Alaihi and asked uh, about an issue similar to this, that her father was ill and so on, um, and she wanted to visit her father. Um, and then, obviously, uh, she also felt very strong that, you know, whether her husband is going to say yes or no, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. She needs to visit her father. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi actually told her exactly what I said now, rather consult with your, your husband, you mm -hmm. know. 
and have patience with him because he's also got the haq over you. Mm. Although your mother's got, your father's got the haq over you, he also has the haq over you. And eventually, obviously, she followed the advice of the Prophet ﷺ, consulting with her husband uh, and so on. And the Nabi ﷺ commented on that at a later stage, saying that Allah Ta'ala had forgiven her sins because of the way that she interacted with her husband mm. and respected her husband uh, in this difficult situation. So what we are saying is that the husband should be understanding he should also know that if it is sickness and if it is dire, the, the, the situation, that he should also be accommodating and allow the wife to go spend some time with mm-hmm. the parents and so on. From the wife's side, on the other hand, she must also not speak over the head of the husband or mm-hmm. disregard his position as being her husband. There should be that mutual kind of uh, respect for each other and understanding mm-hmm. for the situation at hand. Shukran, Sheikh. Uh, time has run up on us and our second segment. Let's continue with your questions after the short break. Stay with us. The Voice of the Cape, pioneering 20 years in Muslim radio. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back. With me is Sheikh Ibrahim Mus answering your questions in this questions and answer forum. Please do SMS us your questions for a detailed answer on 47913. Salam Sheikh. My husband's ex-wife who worked out, walked out of their marriage has now developed feelings for my husband of five years. We got married a year ago after she walked out in which she had the opportunity to come back. This is putting major tension on our relationship as she is also denying him his daughter. He pays maintenance but he gets threatened with the police if he has the child for too long. She refused to be the second wife and asked him to give me a talaq. Sheikh. Yeah, there's a number of of issues obviously in this one question Um, and I'll just start with the last segment first, the last part first and that is uh, the first wife asking the husband to divorce the second wife. Uh, That in itself is something which is very wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. One wife should never request from the husband to divorce another wife. But she's now the ex-wife. Uh, well, uh, the way uh, the question is, she's the ex-wife, but it appears that uh, you know um, she wants to get back now. Obviously, right? Yes, but she doesn't want to be a second wife. Yes, okay. yes, she doesn't want to be a second wife. So that makes it even worse. That was going to be my point. Oh. Um, the point is that oh. if one wife asks uh, um, the husband to divorce the other wife, let's say he's got two wives at the same time, okay. then that is already something which is very bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's actually a hadith on this where the Prophet ﷺ had said that any woman, أَيُّمَ مَرَأَةٍ سَأَلَتْ زَوْجَهَا الطَّلَاقِ مِنْ غَيْرِ مَا بَأْسٍ فَحَرَامٌ عَلَيْهَا رَائِحَةُ الْجَنَّةِ And it's a very strong worded hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said that whenever a woman asks her husband to divorce his other wife without any due reason, there's no uh, justification for that, then this woman will not even smell the fragrance of Jannah. Uh, And look at the words here. She won't even smell the fragrance of Jannah, meaning not only won't she enter the Jannah, but she will be so far away. And it is said that the fragrance of Jannah can be smelled 500 years in in distance, you know, Mm. and she won't even get that. It means it's a a bad thing if someone tries to come in between a husband Mm. and his wife even if it be from the other wife. It's a very okay. bad thing to want to break up people, right? And that is why as counselors, as imams, that is always something that we never try to do. Mm. We never try to come in between people and to break them up. Mm. We try as much to reconcile and to bring them back together, okay? So the point now is, if this is the case for 
a wife asking the husband to divorce the other wife. What's still about a strange woman coming to say, I want you to divorce your wife and marry me, for example. That makes it even much worse. Okay, And that is the point that I wanted to make. And uh, of course, he needs to know exactly uh, you know, what is happening here. And he needs to know where he wants to be and know his priorities and so on and so forth. Um, of course, if he wants to marry her again, he's at liberty to do that. Mm. But then she will have to be satisfied to be another wife mm. alongside the other wife. Um, and if he can afford it, and, and he, he is in the, uh, he has the ability to do that. And of course, here we have to first ask him also, how do you feel about it? Maybe mm. he doesn't even have feelings for her mm. anymore since she hawked out and stuff like that. Okay, uh, so he will have to consider how he feels about it and whether he will be able to deal with that situation. Mm. And if not, if if there's no feelings and uh, he doesn't feel he wants to get married to her again, then he should play. Tell her, look, that is out of the question, mm. and it's very inappropriate for you to ask me to divorce my wife that I mm. have now. That is something which is obviously not acceptable. And with regards to her uh, using the daughter as a blackmail or mm. trying to keep the daughter away in order to twist his arm and stuff like that, that is yet another wrong that she is doing because obviously the daughter is his daughter and she cannot deny him his rights of seeing his own child. Okay, and she should never use the child. As a means to get to a husband, mm. I and mean, that's a very sad situation where you will go so far that you will even you will even bar your own child from seeing her oh, own father, father. Oh. because of your own agenda that you have. Mm. I mean that is a very very wrong way of thinking. Uh, so so uh, uh, he should obviously look into that matter as well and convince her that look, uh, I do pay maintenance. It's not that I don't care for her, and obviously I need to spend time with her, mm. and I've all the, I've got all the right to do so. And so this uh, person who's doing all of this, she must be rethinking herself very very carefully uh, before she proceed in the way that she is doing and, and, and not continue in this manner wanting to ask a divorce uh, for the husband to divorce his actual wife etc these are things that are uh, obviously not acceptable as far as Islamic law is concerned Shukran, the next question Shaykh Salam, uh, someone who reads the Quran every day, who even teaches the Quran every day is asking my husband to end our marriage and remarry her, I don't uh, know if it's connected to the, um, I hope not, <laughs> but it's exactly the same question. Yes. And what makes it worse here, it seems that the woman who's asking the man to divorce his wife, it appears that she herself is a teacher of she Quran. Quran yeah. And that makes it obviously tantamount and much worse because mm. she should know better, you know, that you don't ask somebody to, to obviously divorce his own wife in order to marry you. I mean, that is like sheer desperation, which mm. uh, you should never lower yourself to those standards. Okay. Uh, and of course, the, the, again, the, the, the husband here, he must be able to recognize the danger of this. Mm. And I think what, what could possibly and what often happens in these situations is the fact that the woman uh, or the man, rather, he may be mesmerized with the fact that she's a teacher of Quran mm. and maybe she's very pious and stuff. But what I will say is if this is what she's doing, then he must recognize her to be shaitan in human flesh, flesh you know. She's not really a, a, a good teacher of Quran if this is what she's asking somebody to do. Mm. And he should be on his guard and he should be careful, you know, and not fall for that kind of thing. Even if she's teaching people Quran. Mm. Like I said, it's very bad if someone comes and he wants to break up or she wants to break up a marriage between a husband and a wife. Mm. So the husband, obviously, he has to be uh, very careful and he must consider everything and get a, a, a better solution, you know, to, to the situation and, and tell this woman outright. And hopefully he sees through her. And, and, and he recognizes the danger mm. and he can actually tell her look I'm not interested I am happily married or the other thing that I want to mention is if there is possibly issues between you and your wife mm. then obviously what this will mean is if you don't resolve those issues then you will also become weak in looking at other kind of options like this so another woman comes along and say divorce your wife I will marry you 
You will maybe fall for it because mm. you uh, did not yet think seriously of resolving your own issues. So that is important. If there are issues between you and your wife, or if the, the, the wife is asking the question there, so if she has got the issue with the husband, then she must try to resolve the issue and work hard to get it sorted out and not give him any reason also to be looking elsewhere. Hmm. Okay, And that is possibly what, what can be happening here, that he may even be frustrated because the wife doesn't want to give in or she does not want to allow him to reconcile or to, to sort out the issues. And that, I'm not saying it is, it's a possibility. Hmm. And that is why he may find it attractive if someone else comes along, especially if she's a Quran teacher and she appears to be a very pious woman. Hmm. He may fall for that, okay, because there are issues that is leading him to actually want to follow that particular route. So it's important that you uh, iron out your own differences and your own issues hmm. and recognize that this is a dangerous thing that is happening where someone else is coming in between the two of you, trying to split you up and, and should not be, it should not be entertained. Shukran, Sheikh. Salam, my son refuses to listen to us. His friends come sleep over at 2 a.m. If I speak to them, he is rude and rather talk bad of us and his friends um, come first. Shukran, Salam, Sheikh. Yeah, this is a, a unfortunately a common thing. Mm. Uh, it shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, where parents have become somewhat very weak, you know, towards their own children, mm. and uh, it seems that the they feel intimidated by the children, or they feel that the children can speak to them the way they want, and mm. uh, they don't have the right to say anything. Um, I always say this, and I've said it many times before, that a parent should play his or her role as a parent, and the child will remain the child. Right, no matter if he's a teenager, no matter if they're grown up, no matter if they are little, if they still live in under your roof and in your home, then they are the children and you are the father and the, or the mother and the parent. Right. Mm. So you you need to put your foot down and you need you need to make sure that whatever the child does that is wrong, you will treat it with contempt, and there will be consequences to the actions. Okay. There's often we we scold or often we we want to change them and so on, but there's no consequences. We just allow them to carry on. And if we just allow them to carry on, then obviously, yes, that will go from bad to worse because they know they can get away with whatever, right? So uh, there's no such thing as being nice parents. I mean, uh, some parents, they want to be nice around their kids, you know, and allow them and, ah, you know, leave, leave them, it's fine. And this often happens at the uh, earlier stage, maybe mm. at the stage where they are teenagers, ah, you know, they want to go out, let them enjoy themselves, mm. not putting any parameters on there. So obviously that is going to lead from bad to worse, and we need to be careful of that. And uh, sometimes the saying is true that says, you know, you need to be cruel to be kind. Mm. And so you need to show that you are the parent and you will not tolerate this kind of thing. And obviously in this case, husband and wife, they must support each other on this as well. Because this is also a problem. Sometimes the mother may want to follow this route, but the father is, is too lenient. Or the father uh, wants to follow this route and the mother wants to give in all the time. I mean, these are issues where mother and father, I mean, this is not something which uh, I think the two parents should be disagreeing about. Okay, the child is coming in at 2 o'clock in the morning, for example, wanting friends to sleep over and stuff. And these are things which if we don't put a stop at, uh, to it, hmm. it will lead to other things as well. I mean, this has been proven many times over. So the parents, I think uh, you need to step up to the plate. Hmm. Allah has given you that responsibility. And yes, it's, it's, it's going to seem sometimes that you are a bit harsh, hmm. you know, when you take certain... I mean, I know our friends of mine, let's say, when I was growing up, you know, that their parents were so strict that if they had to come in like, you know, uh, 15 minutes late hmm. from the time that they were supposed to come in, they would simply sleep outside, you know, they won't allow them to come in. Now, we may think that that is a bit cruel, you know, mm. how can you let the child sleep outside? But I think what that instilled in all of us 
was the fact that we have parents that we need to respect mm. parents that we need to you know uh, listen to what they they instruct us to do mm. and i think that is lost today where parents don't put out that kind of parameters they don't really treat the children like children anymore mm. children are treated like adults and uh, they are allowed to just carry on and this is unfortunately which leads to this kind of situation mm. that now something goes like really bad and you don't know why okay, okay. so inshallah we we hope and we make dua for you it is it is challenging mm-hmm. we are living in a different zaman in a different time altogether there's lots of influences out there so we do recognize being a parent is not that easy but at the same time these basic rules that we follow and we put our trust in Allah we try our best to rear our children in a way that will be beneficial to them in the long run okay and we make dua for this parent that inshallah it becomes easy for them and all other parents that are facing the same thing that Allah ta'ala allow them to do a good job in raising their kids inshallah Amen. Shaha, next question. Uh, Salam, Imam, got a problem every week. My son asks his wife for money for his kids from a previous marriage. She swears at him. Now he wants to go for a talaq. What can be done? Yeah, the financial situation in any marriage is sometimes the cause for disputes. Uh, if there is not clarity and on how finances should work or should be mm. operating, uh, and in this case, it's a matter of the husband uh, borrowing money from the wife to support his kids from a previous marriage. Mm. Now, first of all, <coughs> the kids of his it is his responsibility. He needs to look after them. He needs to give them whatever they need, right? But that does not mean that he must sort of just sponge off his wife that has the money to give. Mm. He should obviously look at it as his own responsibility and work hard enough to make sure that he looks after everyone that he's supposed to look after. Mm. So the husband, he needs to play his role here as a husband, as a father, and not just uh, take it for granted that if the wife has, why should I go out and do the extra bit? Mm. Because obviously this is going to drive her to a point where she's going to become frustrated, mm. which is clearly the case here, because she's beginning to show a sort of um, you know, b- a bad uh, attitudes towards him, because he owes a lot of money maybe mm. and he doesn't show any inclination to pay it up and so on and now because of this he wants to now maybe retaliate and show that if this is the case I will divorce you mm. obviously this is a bad thing I mean why would you want to divorce someone who's been helping you all the time it doesn't make sense somebody mm. that helps you you, you you appreciate what they do mm. so what I want to say is for me first of all you borrowing continuously money from your wife for this is wrong right it's your responsibility to look after your kids and yes if your wife wants to help you out of her own and I'm sure she will still do that mm. if you have good uh, sort of interaction with her she won't mind to help you if need be but don't uh, uh, you know become a parasite on her and just expect her to give and expect her that it must be like that uh, because it's not it's your it's your duty you should look after the kids and if it means you need to get an extra job and work overtime and work weekends and sell things whatever mm. to, to to make ends meet and that is what you do and you keep your honor and integrity in place where you know that you are trying your best to fulfill, to fulfill those needs. Uh, like I said, if it is that you are really, uh, in a, and, and I'm sure this is not the case, otherwise your wife would not be swearing at you. You know, If it's a case where you really cannot, you have been trying, you mm. have been doing everything, then I'm sure your wife will understand and she will help you if she can. Mm. But I, what I read into this question is it's more a fact of you just borrowing money indiscretionately. Mm. You know, and not worrying uh, whether you know she will pay it back or not. Mm. So I think what you should also be doing is uh, try to work out a, a program with her how you are going to repay her for what mm. she has done for you. Because remember, she's borrowing you the money, so you owe it to her. Um, this is another problem I find in many marriages. Sometimes you know the husband or the wife, for that matter, they borrow money from each other. 
Mm. But then they just take it for granted. Oh, you know, it's, it's just the spouse. We don't need to pay it back. Mm. And that is wrong. It's just like any other person. If you borrow money, that becomes a debt which you need to give back. Mm. And Allah is not going to look at you favorably if you do not pay those debts back the way mm. that you should. So, yeah, I think it's very important that you, you also... Consider this Don't think of talaq now Just because you can't get your way anymore mm. Think of sorting out the issues right? Try to, 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 to look after your kids In the way that you ought to Try to be thankful to your wife That has been helping you all the time right? And uh, don't treat her now with disrespect Because she doesn't want to give you anymore mm. um, uh, This is not the, the, the way to go And from the wife's side Of course uh, we say to her That uh, Alhamdulillah you have been helping him All along But yes if he is taking advantage You've got all the right to put an end to it but on the other hand, if you know that he is trying his best, but he still just cannot make ends meet, then of course nothing stops you from assisting him still, because that is a sadaqah that you are doing. You know, it's, a, it's like an act of goodwill that you are doing towards your husband. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, then of course your reward lies with Allah, and, and you should continue doing so. But if that is not the case, you've got all the right to uh, put a stop to it so that he can fulfill his duties the way that he is sh- supposed to. Shukran. Assalamu alaikum. How can Sheikh advise on how to deal with an abusively, uh, abusive husband, verbally abusive husband rather? Yeah, it's a very uh, open question. I mean, there's many things that one can say about how to deal and what to do and so on. But I will start by saying what not to do. Hmm. Um, if your husband is abusive to you, don't respond with a similar kind of thing. Hmm. Right? Don't retaliate and show that you can also be abusive. Because that is where things obviously and almost naturally leads to a very untenable situation mm. where the one is retaliating upon the other. And then they're shouting and swearing and all of that, and the respect goes out of the window. So the first thing is, if, if your husband is abusive, mm. try not to do the same, but still show to him that you won't lower your, yourself to that standard. Mm. And you will try to, uh, in, a, in a good way, try to remind him that this is not the way that we speak to each other. Right, uh, remind him about the Prophet sallallahu and don't preach to him. I mean, uh, very often people don't like to be preached to. Mm. Do it in a subtle way. Do it. Send a message on his phone on an SMS, for example, a forwarded message that comes from someone else, uh, to show that how the Prophet lived with his wives and how he was the and how he mentioned that the one that will be the closest to the to him on the day of judgment mm. will be the ones that treated their wives the best. Mention these ahadith so that the person can think a little bit, you know, what, what it will entail for him to treat, it, to treat you well. The ayah of the Quran where Allah Ta'ala says, وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ You know, live with your wives in dignity, in goodness, in righteousness. They deserve this from you. Uh, and similarly, the wife should also treat the husbands in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, inshallah, try to do this and try to sort of continue with your good akhlaq and not show him that you can also be equally bad the way that he is and have the same type, type of vulgar language. Don't do that. Try to show him that I won't lower myself, but I will keep on doing things in a better way, the, the best that I can. And uh, I think another thing to, 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 to perhaps uh, mention here is that uh, why is he abusive? Is it something that is just uh, born? with or that he was always like that or is it maybe something that is triggering him to become abusive now there may be the two situations maybe somebody just always has this bad character mm-hmm. speak bad and obviously that is a more difficult one to deal with because now you have to undo that maybe all the years he's been like that which is obviously wrong we don't condone it but it's more difficult to sort of uh, uh, get it get it out of his system on the other hand it may be that he's speaking abusively because there's something else bothering him Okay, he may be irritated, he may be unhappy about something. 
And you need to obviously look at the causes. Why is there maybe something that is causing him to trigger and become abusive and speak in bad language? Is it something maybe that I'm doing wrong or that the family is doing wrong? Is he maybe not feeling well? Or is And sometimes it could be like our normal circumstances around us. Maybe his work is not that well and all that. Hmm. So we try to not justify, but we try to understand that hmm. it's coming from somewhere. It's not just uh, falling from the sky. It's coming from somewhere. So we try to be a bit more understanding. Mm-hmm. So that's also, I think, an important point that we at all times try to put our finger on the pulse mm-hmm. to try and ascertain why he is speaking like that and try to remedy it in the prophetic way, in the, in the Islamic way, in the best way. And that is to show good character and good uh, demeanor towards each other and making dua for each other. Dua is very powerful. Make dua for him that Allah changes his ways to better yeah. ways. Yeah. Uh, and inshallah, your duas, if they are sincere enough, will be heard uh, by our Creator and Allah Ta'ala will make easy for you inshallah. Alhamdulillah. I'm glad Sheikh was able to explain that completely because the first thing I'm thinking of is like, are we are we taking the man's idea and you know condoning his, his sort of um, behavior but it was so beautifully said Sheikh because I was and it resonated to something I heard yesterday as it's often we look at people as a person, they are individuals, not looking at them as what is in their souls you know, what is deep enough, what is causing this because we, at the end of the day we need to be caring individuals, not just this structure that needs to do A, B and Z, but do we have a soul? So mm. that was beautiful. Oh, Shukran for that, absolutely. And I mean, you just reminded me of something else, and that is that all of us we have our flaws. Yes. No one else don't. You know, no one out there don't have flaws. Yeah. So if we see somebody with a flaw, rather than uh, you know uh, uh, putting him further down than what he already mm. is, try to bring him up and try to help him along yeah. to get out of that particular situation. And I think that is the caring nature that we should have that you are alluding to, uh, and may Allah give us all of uh, all of I us mean, that particular I mean. quality, inshallah. I mean, inshallah. Let's continue with more of your questions after this short break. Stay with us. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Enjoying the weather today, alhamdulillah, but odd in the month of spring. Um, all signs, Sheikh, I was thinking, and we were chatting about how the, the weather changes so quickly and so drastically, you don't expect all signs of, of what the earth is coming to, what the world is coming to, and um, how we need to remember our death and that there is always going to be an end to everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, all reminders in yeah. subtle ways for all of us. Yes, yes indeed. Let's continue with your questions as we receive them via SMS as well on 47913. Hi, Salam. Can my daughter of 15 years old who is married without my permission as a, permission as a father, not even staying far from me? Shukran, that's it, Sheikh. There is, there is some question to it, but it's very yeah. short and sweet. Yeah, no, I think there's a number of things that are wrong in this in this question. Yeah, two lines, uh, yeah. Because uh, this, this daughter of yours is very young, first mm. of all. And of course, uh, I'm, we're not saying she's too young young to get mm. married but she's very young and the second thing is without your permission I mean that is a major yeah. thing I don't see how, how that is possible, possible yeah. because you are the wali of the child mm. okay you are the legal guardian of the child and just bluntly put the child cannot get married without your permission okay the child did not get your permission and you did not actually give her off as a father then the, the nikah in, in fact will be null and void there is yeah. no nikah 
Okay. So Sheikh saying that the marriage is then so not no, halal. There's no halal marriage. There's okay. no nikah, and the hadith of this is quite clear. And this is the, the standing point of the majority of scholars. Mm, majority of madhahib say that this hadith is to be taken literally. You know, you okay. don't. It's literal because uh, in the one riwayah or one version of the hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Ayyum amraatin nakahat bi ghairi idni walikiha fanikahuha baatil fanikahuha baatil fanikahuha baatil." And you can see oh. the emphasis in this hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that any woman who gets married without the permission of a legal guardian, mm. that nikah is invalid. Mm. And he repeated these words three times. Mm. In another riwayah, another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that la nikah illa bi wali. There shall be no nikah if the wali is not there. Mm. So yeah, obviously there's something major wrong if you were not part of the whole process. Mm. The only thing that is possible is that you that we need to ask you is, did you perhaps forfeit your your responsibility as the wali. In other words, did you do something which should, could possibly strip you from your status as the okay. wali? And this is important to mention because very often, uh, okay, I won't say very often, that's a bit strong, but uh, we find sometimes that mm. the legal guardian never played his role as a legal guardian. He mm. was never in the life of the child. He never okay. gave, gave support. He never gave nafaka. He never cared. Okay. So all of that will impact, obviously. Okay. You know, if that is the case, you can't expect just on the wedding day to be the wali. Okay. I mean that that is not it doesn't work as easy as that. They we okay. need to scrutinize the situation and see mm-hmm. is there maybe another wali in line and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Um, so so of course uh, while saying that you've got a very important position, mm-hmm. it's a position that you need to honor. It's one that you need to maintain. Mm-hmm. It's one that you need to obviously deserve to be called a wali, uh, and that is what the Sharia expects from you. And that is why some of the the, the versions of this hadith would actually indicate that the wali must be adil. He must be a just and fair and upright person. Mm-hmm. Somebody that knows his right from wrong, that knows his responsibilities and duties. Because it's not for me, I, I see often that it's almost like the wali status is almost like a ceremonial thing. <laughs> you know, on the day of nikah, so that you can say, I give my daughter off or I make mm-hmm. you a keel and so on. But for me, it's a major responsibility. It's not only a ceremonial thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine you are giving your own flesh and blood over to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why you have to you do you have to do the investigation and see mm-hmm. who are they getting married to, is the person worthy, mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that because it's a major major responsibility mm-hmm. handing your daughter over to someone strange that you don't know from nowhere. So uh, um, although we are saying that uh, yes, that this nikah will not be valid if you are not part of it, uh, and and you are a good father or a mm-hmm. good parent, but if that was not the case, then obviously something else we can look into why they had gotten married without your permission. Maybe it was because of that um, you can if you wanted to send in some more details if you yes, uh, if there is more details needed yeah. but that is sort of the, the the outline of of this question and 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 how we respond to it because basically his his daughter would be living in sin if it is that he had um, fulfilled his obligation as a father Absolutely. in every sense um, but if that not might not be the case, it then needs to be investigated. Absolutely, and that is why we advise our uh, young, you know, brothers and sisters, daughters and sons, don't just run away and elope and get married. You know, it's it's not the proper thing to do. You know, you, you don't want to. I always say you don't want to start your married life yeah, having the not the blessings. You know, not having the blessings of mm. your parents, not having the blessings of those who are the dearest to you and the most mm. beloved to you. You know, you want to start your married life at least with their du'as, with their blessings, with their joy and their happiness. Mm. And I think there's 
there's nothing more beautiful when you actually enter into marriage having the blessings of all those people with you mm. because you are going to need it i mean we all know when you get married it's a there's a lot of adjustments there's a lot of things that happen there's so many considerations and it's it's always i think the idea of getting married is always a nice thing mm. but when you actually get married now you realize there's so many things that i didn't think of i didn't know it was this i didn't know to expect that but i think what happens often is that at least our duas of our parents and our grandparents and the uncles mm. and aunts that is what gets us through you know the barakah of their duas at least allows us to survive in the marriage and to realize what is our uh, our responsibilities and so on and so forth so that is our advice general advice uh, don't uh, overlook your parents they are important in your lives and if you get married they are the first point of consultation and the first point of departure for a a, a happy marriage and a a, a successful marriage inshallah inshallah shukran sheikh salam please advise my husband gave me a talaq In my Eid period we were romantically involved we thought we could get back together but it did not work out does he have to give me a second talaq or do I continue with my Eid shukran According to uh, some scholars the the fact that you had uh, uh, intimate relations while you are in the Eid period um, this would mean that this intimate relationship that you are having or that you had with your your spouse that in itself is an indication that you had got back together right that you had reconciled and if that is the case then obviously you are husband and wife again and yes you will have to go through a second talaq if you don't want to be with each other and you will have to go in a second idda the idda won't simply continue it stop the last time now you'll have to start all from over um, uh, and that is according to those scholars who consider the intimacy to be a sign of reconciliation Mm. However, there are other scholars, and I just want to present both views so that at least we are clear. Um, there, 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 there is another view that says that reconciliation is not just the intimacy, but it must actually be reconciliation. You must actually physically and verbally say that we mm. are reconciling, we're coming back together, and have an agreement on that. Then it will be considered reconciliation. Mm. Uh, so, in the in the in the second view, if they had intimate relations without discussing that and without mm. actually getting back together, then that second relationship would have been considered to be an illegal kind of thing because they were divorced from each other mm. and they didn't really reconcile first. So there is those two views, um, and I think the first view is probably the more precautionary one. Mm. The fact that you did get back together uh, intimately. according to those scholars that is a sign of reconciliation even mm. if you did not do so verbally so i would say in this case yes if you wanted to now get out of the marriage again he has to divorce you a second time mm. and you have to renew your idda from that time onwards it will not simply continue uh, the previous idda won't simply continue but you need a second idda to carry on with your life now okay so another talaq would need to be issued yes absolutely okay. shukran uh, let's uh, take a break for now and we'll continue with the last segment of questions and answers in this edition back in a moment. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back. We just have a few more minutes to answer your questions on 47913. Once again, shukran so much to all those who have patiently awaited their answer to their questions. There were some repeats, but um we hope inshallah that um that that questions was answered and we're hoping that the the listeners who posted it um you know was able to hear it at the time as well. So let's continue. Salam. Is it wrong to accept Christian pamphlets that is that are handed to the patrons on a chain um i did it due to respect 
Alhamdulillah, that is a good thing that you are courteous about it. Um, obviously, we must always show common courtesy to others, even if they have a different faith as ours. Mm. So, if he's handing out pamphlets and you're taking the pamphlet uh, politely, that is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you obviously uh, should uh, then afterwards know that the pamphlet is, uh, you know, it's 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 not something that you will uh, take too seriously or that you will consider to be truthful, etc. But uh, to to not to show rudeness to the person mm. and being polite towards him and showing that it's no problem, you can accept at least the pamphlet and you will read it at a later stage. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? And I, I do believe uh, ourselves living in a multicultural society, multi-religious society, mm. we need to show this kind of common courtesy and common uh, understanding that. We don't, uh, you know, uh, um, use uh, bad language or show people that we are rude or show people that we don't, you know, uh, even uh, consider them as humans or, or stuff like that. Okay, that is all things that we should not be doing, because we are living in a society where we have neighbours that are Christian, we have colleagues at work that are Christian. Okay, and and, and remember the the fact that you are courteous about it and uh, that you show a good uh, way of interacting with them, that perhaps in itself becomes a tool of da'wah to them. Show that, you know, this is what Islam teaches us. So they, it, it, the tables could easily be turned around. So they give you the pamphlet, but they say how beautifully how you deal with them. And that may prompt them to want to know more what you are doing. Right? And that is uh, something which we don't often think of, but it's the truth. That uh, we actually make da'wah and we call to the path of Islam through our actions before we even say a word. Okay? We don't need to make speeches and stuff. It's just the way that we are with people. That mm. is some, uh, sometimes a more powerful tool of da'wah than actually preaching to them or mm. giving them clerks and stuff. And this is possibly what can happen if you show this uh, good courtesy and good polite ways towards some, someone else. Mm. Even if he belongs to a different religious group, it is an opportunity for you to exhibit your beautiful character as a Muslim. Assalamu alaikum. A person promised me half of my Hajj monies. I went last year, Alhamdulillah, but the promise was not fulfilled. Is it right? Yeah, obviously it is not right. It is wrong to make a promise and not to fulfill the promise. Um, there are several ahadith uh, that speak about the signs of a hypocrite. And one of the things about a hypocrite, as the Prophet says, إِذَا وَعَدَ أَخْلَفْ he is somebody that will promise you everything, but he will never stick to his promises. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's wrong. It's wrong for him to make a promise and then not to fulfill it. However, from your side, it seems that Allah Ta'ala had made it possible for you to go in Hajj even without the money that he promised you. Mm. Okay. So I think what you should be doing is to thank Allah that he has given you that opportunity and that you are not reliant on that person's money. And I think what you should be doing now is to forgive you know, and to move on. And not to now make it an issue that he still owes you the money and so hmm. on and want to get it out of him and so on. No, you, you, you went on Hajj and under the circumstances, I think it was maybe really a great way of Allah honoring you, showing you that you, I will take you on Hajj even without his money. Hmm. So look, look at it in that way and uh, thank Allah for it. And don't uh, hold grudges. Uh, you know, it was wrong of him. And obviously you can give him nasiha in that regard. You can... Give him a light advice to say that obviously, uh, you know, in the future, don't rather make promises to people if you cannot really uh, uphold the promises uh, because it is wrong to make a promise and not to fulfill it. So you can give him that kind of light advice. But I think from your part, you should not carry it in your heart and you should mm. not, uh, you know, because the gift that Allah has given you to stand on Arafah is priceless. Okay, that is something. And especially in these circumstances, in a way that you did it even without his help. Who had offered you So I think this is how you should proceed Inshallah and, and carry on further And not really uh, look back At what he was supposed to give you uh, And stuff like mm -hmm. that That is actually his loss 
and yeah. not yours. Okay, mm. you'd gained, you had gained much more, but he had actually lost out in being part of that great uh, journey of yours. Alhamdulillah, shukran so much yeah, uh, for affording us the knowledge and the necessary guidance in this part of questions and answers. We hope to see Sheikh next week again. Inshallah. I mean, inshallah. I mean, if nothing uh, uh, comes in our way, inshallah. we hope to be back in a week's time, inshallah. And we hope our listeners everything of the best. May Allah Ta'ala be with all of us for the next week. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair to Sheikh Ibrahim Was uh, for conducting the answers of this edition of Questions and Answers, inshallah. Stay with us for next week between 6 and 7, same time, as we will be back with you answering your questions on 47913. Again, shukran for all those that are patients during the weight of the answers. From myself, Khawasanan, be safe wherever you are. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening.